Down the Tee, your tennis podcast to bring you all the news, analysis, and special guests to bring you inside the sport. Welcome to the second episode of Down the Tee. I'm your host, Andrew Eichenholz. Thanks for listening to the show. The last few weeks have been huge in the tennis world. We had the third Grand Slam of the year. Some great storylines all around. Of course, Roger Federer winning a record eighth title on the grass. An amazing, amazing accomplishment considering he was seated 17th at the Australian Open this year. The guy won in Melbourne. He won in Indian Wells. He won in Miami. And he won Wimbledon. Pretty much everything he's doing is turning to gold right now. But can you really be surprised? It's Roger Federer. Then on the women's side, you had this amazing, amazing run by Venus Williams at 37 years old. And I think a lot of people figured she would find a way to pull through the final against Garbini Muguruza. But the Spaniard was just too good in that match. She was able to kind of reel in her power, play a more controlled match. And after Venus had a couple of set points in the opener, she just kind of fell apart a little bit. And she started panicking. She didn't know what to do as Muguruza was making more balls and the Spaniard pulled away in the second set. All the credit to her. Another great accomplishment. She won her second major crown. But there's actually another big, big event happening on the grass this week. It's not a competition. It's actually a celebration. It's the annual International Hall of Fame induction ceremony in Newport, Rhode Island at the Tennis Hall of Fame. And this year we have a couple of very interesting selections who are going into the Hall of Fame. First, you have four-time Grand Slam champion Kim Clijsters. Had a good start to her career, but then she took a couple years off. She had a kid, she had Jada, and then she came back and won three more Grand Slams. No big deal. And if you think about it, when she came back after her maternity leave, who was the second best player in the world besides Serena Williams? If Kim didn't retire in 2012 and got back to playing well, would she have inhibited Serena's ability to dominate since then? If you include Kim's last tournament, the 2012 US Open, Serena's won nine Grand Slams, including that tournament since then. That's pretty amazing. Then on the men's side, you have Andy Roddick, 2003 US Open singles champion. He's the last American man to have won a major title. Now, people, I don't think, really gave Andy Roddick his due during his career. One Grand Slam title. People expected him to win more, sure. But he always ended up playing some guy named Roger Federer. Did I mention that Roger Federer just won his eighth Wimbledon title and has won 19 Grand Slams? Yeah, it's a pretty tough guy to play against. So Roddick, he was a great American. He took over for Pete Sampras and Andre Agassi, and he really carried the mantle for a long, long time. So all the credit to him. He deserves this. Sure, he only won one Grand Slam. He did reach number one in the world. But his longevity and his ability to make runs, he didn't just make one Grand Slam final. He did it many times. He had this amazing Wimbledon final against Roger Federer in which he wasn't broken until the end of the fifth set, the extended fifth set. The guy really deserves this. We do have some exciting guests on the show today. The New York Empire is a world team tennis team that competes at the USTA Billie Jean King National Tennis Center. They play on court 17, and who competes on that team? 
Kirsten Flipkins. For those listening to this podcast, you're probably big tennis fans. You probably know exactly who Kirsten Flipkins is. But for those who might not, Flipkins is Belgian. Who else is Belgian? Kim Kleisters. Kim is a few years older than Kirsten, but they've known each other for a long, long time. And I caught up with Kirsten on Court 17 to chat a little bit about one of her best friends, her experiences growing up with her, following her career, watching as Kim had some of her best successes, what she's learned from Kim. So let's have Kirsten join the podcast and let's chat about Kim Kleisters, a new inductee into the Tennis Hall of Fame. This is a big weekend for someone you've known for a long time. So how exciting is it for you, a friend of Kim, to see her getting inducted to the Hall of Fame? Well, it's, uh, it's amazing. I think um, here in the States it lives a little more than in Belgium. Watch. It lives uh, a little bit more than uh, than in Belgium, but I think it's it's, it's amazing. I mean, uh, she's a great champion and she deserves to, to, be, um, to be in the Hall of Fame. And I think... Um, it's a, it's a great honor for her to be there. Now, from what I remember, you've known her since you were even before teen, a teenager, right? So, what are your first memories from playing against her? Did you know right away that she was just a step above? Or? Well, the thing is, she, she's a bit older than me. She's three years older than me, so um, the first time I got to play her was uh, only at the Open, I think, in 2009, if I'm correct. Um, that was on Louis Armstrong, and um, it was a nice memory, you know. Um, we didn't before we didn't uh, weren't, we were not in the same age level, so I was playing under 12, while Kim was playing under 14 or 16. So we we didn't play in the same category, but um, yeah, it was really nice playing her. I think uh, I have uh, a lot of nice memories out of that. So what do you remember? I mean, obviously the walk into Louis Armstrong, you walk down the tunnel and everything. Were you like just acting like you normally would with her as a friend or was it hard to kind of be her opponent for the first time? I remember it really well. It was really strange because, you know, we were like uh, so close. So it was more like we felt more like we were going to go and play a doubles match. <laughs> that was uh, that was the same feeling she had. And it was really funny because then yeah, at the end you step on the court and you go on each side of the net. But um, was um, it was a nice experience for me, but it's just uh, it was of course it was difficult to play a friend um, who was who was as close as that. And then I remember when you two played doubles together. So what was that like for you? Because obviously she was coming to the end at that point. Was it like strange in a way that like that was going to be it for Kim? Yeah, definitely. I think it's real. It was really tr- strange. It was for me. It was a really a great honor, of course, to be playing next to her. But I think um, it was strange Kim playing here uh, her last match. I, I remember, I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, she she lost to to Laura Robson, I think, in the second round, and it was uh, one of the hardest moments I had in the. To see her watching play her last match, and and, and it was, uh, you know, she, she meant so much to to Belgian tennis together with Justin, and I think um, to have two champions like them in a small country like Belgium, it meant a lot. And it was uh, for me, of course, it was a great a great memory and a great experience to play next to her on the court. We have so many nice memories throughout our careers, playing Fed Cup together, playing here at the Open, her last uh, tournament together. Um, so yeah, we do have a lot of a lot of nice memories in the last uh, 20, 25 years. 
when you kind of think about it, there are so many memories to pick from because you played together for your country, you played her last match, and you've also seen her play and win all these titles. If you could pick one memory from knowing Kim in a tennis sense, what would that be? Ooh, that's a difficult one. Like you said, we have so many memories. Um, I probably would go with um, with Kim playing. Actually, when I was a little kid, still in uh, the finals of the French Open, playing Capriati, I was sitting in the in the audience and in, in the box, and it was one of the yeah one of the memories that was like 20 years ago maybe or uh, 15 years ago but which is still in my memory like it was yesterday she ended up losing it like 10-8 in the third set i think and i was crying like a little baby because i was so disappointed but also so proud at the same time and um, that's one of the nicest and most honest uh, and most pure feelings and memories that i have i think now obviously kim did a lot for belgian tennis to kind of show and obviously Justine and all these people, but did that kind of give you self-belief for your own career that someone that you've known for so long, even though you didn't play against her, but to believe that, hey, maybe one day I could end up there? Yeah, definitely. I think they, they gave so much to Belgian tennis that you have to, you know, we, we, we grew up together. Like, I mean, they're older than, than me. They're Justin is four years older, Kim is three years older than me, but still you, you get to know them, you get, to play with them in the Fed Cup team, so you learn so much from them, and, and, and it definitely helps you getting more experience. And, and um, the thing I'm doing also now in the Fed Cup team is, is, is trying to bring youngsters a little bit of more experience or tips or advice, and that's what exactly what Kim and Justin were doing with us when when, when I was younger. And that kind of a role, I mean, obviously trying to lead the next generation. When she was still playing, did she give you any specific tips or anything that like really stick with you as far as, I mean, obviously you've had many millions of conversations probably, but is there anything that like you remember from your time with her that you've really taken with you on the court or when you're trying to help others? I think uh, Kim was the kind of person that would just tell you to go out there and have fun and enjoy what you're doing. I think um, that's also always that has always been her advantage i think she just gave her best on the court but off the court she had a she had a private life you know she had a husband she had she had jada at that at that time so she she realized that life was much more than just tennis and um, that's what she also tried to to advise us as a youngster i think like just to enjoy what what you're doing and don't see it too much as a job because it's, it's it's true what she's saying like you know you have to just enjoy and, and if you're enjoying, you're playing much better as well. So one's come with the other. Do you remember when you heard the news of her getting inducted with Andy? I don't know how much you knew Andy, mm -hmm. but I know that they knew each other pretty well. Mm -hmm. Do you remember your reactions when you heard about it? I think it's just a great honor for, for Belgian tennis and overall. I think we're such a so small country and then uh, a champion like Kim. Um, Getting uh, getting into the Hall of Fame is, is, is just uh, unbelievable. I think it's a it's a great achievement and it's 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 what a great champion deserves. I'm thankful to Kirsten for her time. You know, it was interesting just hearing some of the memories. Someone that's probably talked about Kim Kleisters time and time again over the course of her career. Kirsten Flipkins was a top 15 player in her own right. They only played one match 
in their whole professional career, which is unbelievable. Three years is a big difference at, in the juniors, but they were both on tour together for quite some time, and it was at the 2009 US Open, Kim's first major back after her maternity leave. She went on to win the tournament. They met in the third round that year. It's kind of funny. You see sometimes that players who are friends with each other won't talk to each other that day, and Kirsten was laughing that they kind of just went out like they were best friends as they are they were that relaxed going into it and while kim ended up winning that match she only gave up two games in the match on her way to winning the tournament in flushing it was a great experience for both of them something else that's interesting we actually did this interview on court 17 at the u.s open why is that significant kim's second to last match took place on court 17 in 2012 she played mixed doubles that year with Bob Bryant. Kim didn't really play much doubles at the slams later in her career. She did win some double slams in women's doubles and mixed doubles earlier on in her career. When she came back after maternity leave, she kind of stayed away from that. The Bryant brothers had asked her many times over the years to play mixed with them at a slam. She didn't do it, but she figured, you know what, this is my last hurrah. She knew she was playing her final U.S. Open. Let's do it. She played women's doubles with Kirsten. She played mixed doubles with Bob Bryan. Kim and Kirsten lost their first round match out on court four. That court doesn't really exist as it did back then, but it was a raucous crowd. Kim's last match could have been on court 17. She played with Bob against Stevie Johnson and Arena Falcone. Stevie J obviously has been ranked in slams many times now. He wasn't quite up there yet. Kim and Bob were playing these two young American kids on a small, intimate court setting on Court 17. Who knows what could have happened? I actually watched that match because I wanted to see. Is that going to be Kim Kleisters' last match when you have a legend like Kim? You know what? It's a curiosity thing, and it was so packed. And they were the heavy, heavy favorites in that match. Bob Bryan obviously was at the top of the game at that point. Bob had won countless, countless, countless Grand Slam titles. Kim is Kim, and then you have Stevie J, Arena Falcone, who are still kind of inexperienced at that point. Kim and Bob get the W there, not really a surprise. Now, something else that's kind of interesting about this interview with Kirsten, I don't know if any of you heard, but someone was practicing in the background, Yanina Wickmeyer. Yanina Wickmeyer is another Belgian player, someone else who was top 20 in the world from a small country like Belgium. Why is she relevant to Kim Kleisters? Well, Kim actually worked it with her at Wimbledon. Yanina, Kirsten, Kim, Justine Anna, they've done a heck of a job for Belgium. If you look on the men's side, there were some really good players, solid players. You have the Rokuses, Oliver Rokus, Christoph Rokus. You have Steve Darcy. You have David Goffin, who has really been a solid solid player the last few years but then you look on the women's side and you have these top 20 players grand slam champions and it's like wow you have a player like kirsten flipkins you have a player like yanina wickmeyer who were really really good dangerous players and ironically especially on grass you know we just finished up at wimbledon kirsten flipkins especially a few years ago when she was really at the top of her game Really, really tricky player. I don't know how many opponents wanted a part of her. But just to see that 
those are like the third and fourth best players of their generation it's pretty unbelievable for belgium someone else i got a chance to talk to this week at the world team tennis billy jean king everyone knows billy jean king one thing that's important is that when billy jean king talks about american tennis you should probably listen i was really kind of curious to gauge her thoughts on venus williams venus 37 years old as i said before went on this dream run she'd already made the australian open finals her sister serena wasn't playing wimbledon we know serena's pregnant could venus live up to the hype and the expectations because people thought even though her rankings not necessarily at the very top her seating wasn't up there that she could still play well on grass and what do you know she for the most part cruises all the way to the final people thought she could use to Yelena Ostapenko the French Open champion not a chance Johanna Kanta no problem she just kept going and going and going and going and going and you're like you know what Venus is looking good right now if she serves well she served excellent throughout the whole tournament she has a real chance against Garbina Muguruza everyone kind of knows that Garbina Muguruza could be really good she could be the best in the world or she could kind of taper off a little bit and we weren't really sure if Venus wasn't going to give her a rhythm and she was going to serve well would the Spaniard really be able to give herself a chance in the match that was a tough question the first set was pretty tense the quality was there you had venus who had a couple set points and i see garbina leaves venus this short forehand after a long rally and i'm like oh venus is going inside out she's gonna go right here win the set be a set away from another wimbledon crown and she hit the ball in the net and pretty much from there on venus didn't really put up much resistance we can't really criticize her for that. Garbina Muguruza put on a heck of a performance. She played excellent tennis on that Saturday. She played phenomenal tennis the entire tournament at the All England Club. Can't really take away from Venus. She made the final. And I asked Billie Jean what she thought about Venus's achievement. So, so inspiring. And, uh, you know, I was concerned with her Sjogren's uh, challenge. Uh, the autoimmune that she has. It's, I think it's Shogun's syndrome, they call it, uh, where you have inflammation in your joints and dried mouth, dried eyes. They don't feel good. They feel very fatigued. I thought you, maybe it would be lucky to play doubles like three years ago when she found out. Here she's getting, she's winning huge. And she's 37. Oh, and she's, and she, you know, I met them, I met them at a World Team Tennis Clinic in Long Beach, California when they were like 9 and 10. So I've known them since her 9 and 10 and I was her Fed Cup captain for years and uh, oh my god we got some great stories. <laughs> they're really they're they're really a lot of fun. Once Venus and Serena are gone we don't I don't you know we're not winning. We need it would really help US tennis if we would get some uh, Americans winning the US Open for instance it would be just fantastic and we need that. In the old days we were the winners. We were the number ones. We were the ones. We we're the ones that made the game grow in the 70s. I'm used to winning. I like winning, and I like us to win as a, as, uh, as a country, you know. So we need to get some young, great athletes in our sport that understand what it can do for them and what they can do for us and how it's a great platform to grow the sport. And we, You need to win. Americans get excited when Americans win. You know, I mean, I would love to see a young 
American man, man or woman come up. And thank God we have Serena and Venus, quite frankly. You know, I thought that was pretty interesting from Billie Jean. I spoke to her after this media scrum, and I reminded her, not that long ago, there was a press conference for the New York Empire, its first year at the Billie Jean King National Tennis Center, aptly named for this situation. And one of the girls who was in attendance is Anne Lee, who made the finals at Wimbledon, girls singles, she lost to Claire Wu. Two Americans in the final, that's great, right? Uh, Billie Jean actually took a group of young Americans out to dinner at Wimbledon. They went to an Indian restaurant, so she got to know them a little bit. It was interesting. While obviously she was very, very happy that a couple of American girls were in the Wimbledon final, Americans had a Wimbledon Grand Slam champion for the first time since Shonda Rubin many, many years ago. Who could be next to win a Grand Slam outside of Serena or Venus? You have Madison Keys has the potential. Coco Vandeweghe, frankly, I think could have won this Wimbledon title if she didn't run into Magdalena Ribeirakova. She lost to Ribeirakova at the French Open. People who weren't really sure what that was about. We get to Wimbledon. We thought maybe Coco would change her game plan a little bit with Pat Cash. But again, Ribeirakova stifled her. So who's next? Not really sure. But it's very interesting to hear Billie Jean, who has known Serena and Venus for many, many years, still praises them over and over. And she's very proud of what they've done. That's all I have for you on this episode of Down in the Tea. If you have any questions, feel free to shoot us an email at downtheteapodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at downtheteapodcast. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Watch what happens at Newport this weekend as two new Hall of Famers are enshrined, Andy Roddick and Kim Kleisters. Mm-hmm.